0: So you're right?
1: let's see if things are working. Can't seem to hear you. Uh no, can't hear you yet. Can you hear me? Alright, let's see what could it be. So you're unmuted, I'm unmuted, why am I not hearing you? Let's see if I. right, anything now? No, I still can't hear you. Hmm. Can you hear me, by the way, if you can just text. uh, I'm going to text you to it. Can't hear.
0: Can you hear me now, Alex?
1: Oh yeah, that's it. I can hear you. Yeah.
0: Oh, hang on.
1: We figured it out. Nice. Hey, you know, they always pitch technology like we're in the future, but then every call is opening with, can you hear me? Uh, Can
0: can you hear me again?
1: Yeah, 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 I can hear you now, yeah.
0: You can hear. I've I've come out the door with a pair of uh, Bluetooth-like headphones, speaker, uh, and that didn't work for some reason. Um. And i got this cheap music hat with uh, speakers in for Christmas. So that's
1: what I'm on at the minute. (laughs) You can hear me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, this is not meant to be perfect, right? I know I've asked you to join in for an odd experiment. Thanks for playing along.
0: No, no, brother. I've got to say I'm I'm quite excited at the end of this uh, little experiment. So...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I just remember when we were at the conference and, and you were saying that you've got the, all of your research around authoring running, all of it, but you know some of it. Um, and then I was like, well, yeah, I do a running podcast, like on the run, right? Because I think we were chatting with you and someone else about trying to capture the ideas that you get when you're on the run, because they disappear after. Uh, I, I think. Right, yeah. Let's see if, if if we spark some ideas.
0: That's fantastic. Well, listen, I I was supposed to be um, I was supposed to be a few miles away at Teesside University today, but because of uh, all the strikes everywhere, mm-hmm. I've ended up i from home. So I, I'm going out now, um and it's about I think it's about an eight mile eight mile route I've got, um but I'm happy to talk as long as as long as you're interested and as long as you want to. Still there?
1: Hey, me Alex. Hey, I, I hear you. I think it's just on my side. I've just gone in to take my trail shoes. Is that any better? Can you hear me now?
0: I've got you perfectly now. Yeah.
1: Nice, yeah. I just really want to have the, the right shoes on for this. If you don't know, Uh, uh the basket. In. All
0: right, well, I'm kind of lucky on the tube front because I only have one pair of trainers, <laughs> I'll keep it
1: simple. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's two laces, and I'm with you. Well I'm probably I bet, uh, on my Okay, go for it.
0: I was gonna say I'm probably on my noisiest few minutes to begin with. And then it should quiet enough.
1: I've even put in the description of this podcast that it's a very bad listen. <laughs> okay,
0: I've just got you coming back there. I don't know. Must be dropping in and out. You <laughs> do I've got full signal at the
1: minute. Yeah, it's from me, it's from me, don't worry. i just went to my little bunker house. There's no coverage inside and just wanted to get the backpack oh, okay. so I'm ready
0: Got your load yeah yeah ready
1: now. yeah because I was I'm thinking I'll see if after that I managed to get into the gym as well uh, I mean we're on an endurance topic I've just almost finished um what's his face's book the Goggins so I'm on that kind of a trip today <laughs> uh, Right. cool so yeah the first thing I wanted to Thanks ask you about is... Um, what, well, they're running in the token, eh?
0: Yeah, it's really, uh, nobody in a room with somebody. have a nice chat. It's just, yes, it's a new one. So I'm enjoying the novelty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think in the future it's going to be a thing. Well, that, at least that's what I tell the people that play along with me. I've got a mate that's preparing to do a triathlon with me. And we actually... We record from a chip shop where we eat, uh, another oh, weird one.
0: I'd be in a chip shop for talking in a chip shop. That would
1: definitely work. <laughs> uh, so I, I really listened to, to your um, um talk from Explore today, by the way, because um, oh, I didn't listen to it on a recording yeah i was i was there but not there on the sunday i think i was late for your talk so it was a good refresher so yeah what um, i've actually got some yeah, questions right awesome. so i was just thinking like, for listening to you what you're presenting so is that all of it part of your phd or is that a separate study you No, know, so that was
0: the first study of the phd um, looking into the resilience of well-being within polar expeditioners, um, and of course, pre- previous work I've uh, covered ultraruns
1: specifically. Yeah, cool. And then, obviously, I, I've I've seen the. The slides, but I'm just trying to wait. Like, actually, I I took a screenshot on my phone, so let me just remember the the little model that you had. So okay, right. I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, so so you focused on competence, relatedness, and autonomy as the factors to study.
0: That's the one. one, Yeah. So it's from. It's from social psychological, sorry, social psychology theory uh, called self-determination theory, and uh, these three needs are proposed to be central to well-being of people generally. And of course, in our project, and others at the minute, they're looking into, you know, how well that might help us explain behaviour. In extreme environments and in endurance activity.
1: Okay. So, I mean, I've got some some of the, the lists of questions, but now now when you mention the the endurance and expeditions, I like, would you split them out?
0: Uh, I mean, so there's, there's definitely different factors involved, and and of course, my PhD. I started off coming from the lens of ultra ultra distance runners and then looking at um you know mobile expeditioners so kind of in line with a a long distance multi-day ultra event but Mm -hmm. then i've gone on to include people who are based in research bases such as antarctica however the premise is the theory should hold across those environments and still have relevance. Um, what might differ is the way that those needs are met and what the challenges what the okay. be, if that makes sense, Alex.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm just thinking, yeah. I'm getting too curious. I mean,
0: just, why just why I'm saying my general interest As a researcher, I'm broadly interested in how people have the ability to keep going and that's because, you know, sport, endurance, but also wider life, trauma, so on and so forth. That's the central sort of area that that interests me most. How do we keep going? And then on a secondary level, how do we actually have a good quality life? How do we do well in amongst that? So, if I bring that back to ultra running, how do we actually have an enjoyable experience? Not just, you know, have a supper
1: fest, but we find some joy. Yeah. Well, I, th- I found that the only way to finish them properly is if you, if you enjoy them and, like, when you take yourself too seriously, there's something that's wrong with your... Like what i call for me the bottom layers uh, you know just some of the physiological stuff it becomes very obvious when you're running long distance that when you start bonking out it's too late like you've missed a meal so for me it becomes very obvious when i've missed out <laughs> some of these obviously there is other aspects but yeah interesting so then because uh, yeah i i do also because i find it transfers into life massively but it's good that you're you're doing the studies to show that. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I'm just about to go past. Uh, I'm just going over a motorway actually for about the next ten, twenty seconds. So. Okay. so I can still hear A bit noisy or I don't think.
1: Yeah, I can still. I think I can hear. I mean, I think sometimes the microphone that I use is very decide to pick up random noise on the side, but I can't be bothered to have time to make it better quality. I mean, end of the day, it's not listened to by many people. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah so just coming back as well when you mentioned about how something like missing a meal the nutrition um i kind of you think about all of these different components that are important um and a lot of people i think we focus on certain bits. But I think we're looking at it. Can you hear me at the minute by the way, Alex? I can hear you perfect. Oh, kill What I was going to say was. And this isn't directly related to my research, but the way I look at endurance uh, events is basically it's one big stress response. OK, so it's It's a stressor, and it's about managing that stressor. And the more you can manage that stressor, and it will be lots and lots of different stressors, of course, but it's trying to do everything to reduce the effect of stress. And that's the reason I said that was when you mentioned food and obviously nutrition central. And if we're in a state of high stress, one of the first things to go is the digestive system. So, yeah. it's kind of like we've got to try and dampen that down as much as we can. And then, then there's just a whole myriad of things
1: that can support us to do that. Interesting. And by the way, don't worry about being too scientific. Like some of the stuff we're talking about, like guesses and everything, you know, this is the, the latest ideas that you've got. If you want to try it out, don't worry. don't think anyone's going to hit, hit back at you. (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: I I must must say, Alex, uh, running's my my freest expression, so I guess it probably does the same to the mind as well. Like we were saying before, they'll probably throw things out there when you won't actually care, like you would in other environments.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did love your quote from the in the presentation at Explore when you were talking about how the environment shaped plus. I mean, you wouldn't be at a geographical conference if you didn't kind of believe part of that, right? But I know, I can see that you really believe that. Because Some people just say it, and then you see their methodology, and they kind of take the environment away, and then just do a, an experimental study where they control for the environment. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, I've, I've got to be honest exactly during races so that was very interesting doing that, so did you do the the one that you were presenting at the conference is that different from the, from what you were doing during the, the ultra races when you were talking about the uh, emotional uh, what do we call it, Re- regulation and the effect of that on yeah. being able to
0: so that was the uh- I was lucky to get a scholarship uh, to complete a series of studies looking at uh, mood within. It was four ultramarathons to complete the studies on uh, in the northeast with a fantastic race series called the Hard Nose Series. And it was very much uh, exploratory. Um, because obviously, a lot of the research work, we get told what the effect is on a person beforehand and what the effect is afterwards. But we don't measure it in the middle, we don't measure it during the race. Yeah. And having a little bit of experience with Ultras, I realised there was some potential to map the changes across the race rather than just pre and post and so that was the main i guess point of uh, difference that we were looking to try and do um and then a really simple way see what actually goes on in the middle you know rather than just saying well this mood you know so if we take for example we get more fatigue start to finish that was the finding that was in the literature yeah, but then at what point does fatigue start to accrue? You know, is it just sort of a, a linear relationship and it gradually falls, or, you know, what's actually going on? Um, and so that was on a really simple level. That was the, the nice thing about that series of studies. We managed to get ultra runners who, God bless them, some of them were in 110 mile races. And they were were completing uh, 48 of measure at five time points during the race. Um, And whenever I say that out loud now, I apologise to every single runner. Because I've done enough 100 miles races myself to know that that's a lot of effort to give to somebody at that point in a race. Um, However, we all did. Um, so, so there was a real big learning curve as a researcher on that level. Um, yeah, and we, we got, I think, the, the sort of most interesting finding that was reported in the uh, Finnish study was that those runners who had less deviation on the to fall better yeah. which might sound really obvious and simplistic Um of course we measured it and we showed it uh, so being able to control your mood um, and, and you know maybe sort of psychological control more generally will have an impact on your performance
1: that is literally the thing i took away and because it's it's something i learned recently through ultras and running because i recently got an official adhd diagnosis i always knew i was emotional right and having tantrums but i hadn't seen it like how much it impedes me until i was like midway through an ultra and i was like actually if i just deal with that everything else is easy so life is way easier if you're within certain bounds yeah Very yeah,
0: interesting. Well, that's, that's uh, uh, my older brother, by the way. Not so long ago, had a ADHD diagnosis as well. So look? when you say that, some of the challenges that creates, um, but also some of the, I'm not speaking you, Alexey, but I know my, my brother is incredibly talented. Yeah,
1: yeah, sort of I'm, tra- I think I'm
0: good. But, Yeah. The other, the flip side of the coin with it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's literally, if I sort of take it even simpler, when I come back to that idea of a stress response, mm-hmm. there's a cost, there's a cost to all of that fluctuation. We don't want any fluctuation. We want to be steady. We want to be stable. We don't want to be high. We want to be low. We want to stay in the middle. As much as we can, because otherwise our body's going to react in some way that we don't want. Um, and I think that's, uh, as a runner myself, I've always sort of focused on the mental side as much as anything else. Um, but that's because running to me has always been about my mental health.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Most really people simply, don't know. <laughs> Sorry, did we break up? Just for a second, I think. Oh yeah, I was just saying uh, that everybody that that runs knows what it does to the mind. It's it's great. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a wonderful thing. And know Alex, i will just mentioned I yeah we're doing a PhD and you know family stuff and whatever. I kind of lost my running a little bit last year and. Uh, I'm actually quite sort of obsessive, if you like. So I've, I've been measuring my well-being in different things for a full yeah. year every day. And the kind of the, the correlation for me of running well being it was so stark. It made me think, why am I not doing this so much? You know, prioritising work and sitting in the library and da 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 when. The benefits are so profound.
1: Huh. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's fine to, to measure. Like, I've actually been doing uh, type, I've been trying to transfer something from the iron game and sports culture, which is when you, in their sports science studies, they tend to use sometimes when you can't do an objective measure, they use rate of perceived exertion. I don't know if you it, yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, how many reps do you think you have left in your tank? And I've been trying, instead of using psychological measures, like the stuff from Daniel Kahneman, I'm like, oh, you know, experience sampling. How am I feeling now? Because I tried those scales, but they just didn't click for me. So I was like, wait, yeah. So I treat my mental game every day? Because I also break down my workday into work chunks. So after every chunk, I'm like, out of 10, how many reps do I think I had? And I've been able to then see when it starts increasing and then back off to not have a ADHD overwhelm later in the day so it's okay to to not trust your intuitions only about stuff sometimes you need to put it down on paper and start tracking
0: ah absolutely
1: agreed on that one Alex definitely definitely Uh, I hate that I have to do it because um I always was like the intuition guy like my PhD is about intuitions I glorify them sometimes but Man, sometimes I just have bad food and I think I've, you know, I've got like all sorts of problems. And it's like, no, you just had a bad cup of coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm um, uh, taking on objective ball measure of mine. Yeah, I, I'm very much on that same thing of, you know, I started to question, you know, how accurate my own perceptions and uh, helpful to wear a weather and as you say certain things can throw them out quite a lot and it's not good so to have a sort of a rounded viewpoint is uh, really helpful
1: yeah i guess I'm, I'm, this is how I'm thinking about counter-examples. I'm thinking about overconfidence, which is usually
0: biased
1: when we're thinking about science, but in sports performance, I'm like, how can I generate more overconfidence before a <laughs> before <I> run? <laughs> so, different contexts, you need the different approaches, because lately I've been having these discussions with a few mates, with this philosophy club, and I, I, the four questions I always have is like, how much should I live like a scientist, right? You're like, which bits is it good to outsource, not have your intuitions dealing with? Which bits you want to be like, yeah, that's good. But yeah, that's a very big question. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in a lifetime. <laughs> no,
0: it's, it's really interesting. And I'm I'm on a similar page to that one because I'm forever thinking about my performance and, you know, Introspecting on on loads of things, but then there's another time just to be isn't there? And you know, like now we, I'm running, and I'm having a sin wag, and it's great, uh, and it's quite simple. And I think with endurance activity, I think sometimes we've got to keep it simple, haven't we? We've got to, it's got to be as simple as possible because when you know that that perception of effort for exertion's really high, we don't have the ability to manage all those different things. And, you know, it's got to be really simple. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think the tougher the challenge, the more, the more simplistic and maybe the more automated things have to be, you know? So repetition and habit, takes over. And we certainly just do because we condition ourselves well enough to do it. We kind of conscious awareness. We leave that alone at times.
1: Oh, I mean, it's you you can see the, the more like higher order thinking disappear very quickly. Anyway, if you if you pay attention, like when I do crossfit workout, I know I lose the ability to do math and keep my reps. So like writing it out, well, I'm perfectly fine, but I just know a few of these <laughs> harder things are just, you, know, you don't need them to smash yourself in the gym or to run. <laughs> but yeah. I get you on the, on the simplicity thing. It's uh, under conditions of uncertainty, simplicity actually outperforms That's You know, that's actually, the studies are done on that one, right? So it's something I always have to remind people.
0: I like to think. Yeah.
1: Uh, because they like to think, you overcomplicate shit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you the other one I'll just sort of throw in while we're on this thread. I mean, so I don't know about you, but I don't wear a watch of any kind um, when that I, mean I run. And I don't measure anything when I'm actually running. And mean I enough. might be contradicting myself here slightly. Because when I think that sensory awareness... And the accuracy of my perceptions in a lot of ways is probably quite good, but I'm only interested in what the body's telling me. Um, and, and, you know, that feel that you develop, that uh, I think that comes back to that simplicity thing again. The body can do a lot of this stuff for you if you let it, if you don't cloud the waters with so much other stuff. Uh I
1: think we just conditioned
0: to be
1: able to do it. Yeah, it's really funny how it's like a getting out of your own way. So for people that can't meditate, running does it. Because it literally takes away that idea of yourself in the middle of experience very quickly. Because you zone in and you fuse with your experience a bit easier. Getting in the zone, right? Getting the runner's high. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Definitely feel like because I don't wear the watch because I don't know what to measure. Like I always feel like if I get into into that game, it will become about winning. And I don't think yeah. getting the good at ultra running is about winning. And if you do it is by proxy, it's because the people yeah. that tend to obsess with like that competitive mindset, it becomes optimization is about like getting better, you know but you start losing the opportunity to learn as you're doing it, because most of ultras is like when you fuck up, it's most of the times a novel situation. Like, oh, I didn't think I would pass out trying to take a shit. (laughs) This was was never on the cards before. Uh, You gotta, when you're more in a playful mode, definitely I find it easier. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I mean,
0: that does link back to some of my research work, um, or not directly, but the theoretical base in terms of motivation. Um, You know, when we talk about intrinsic motivation, Mm -hmm. the joy of the act itself, and how intrinsic motivation will sustain us better and longer. And if the goals are about external things, And then, you know, sometimes it can have negative trade-offs, like you say there. Um, And for me, I've seen that with a lot of good ultra runners. They're they're, they're so at peace. They're so at peace in that environment because it's a place of joy to them. And it's natural, you know. And then there's the people who are forcing it and pushing it. Um, and I think you've got to have that natural joy of what you're doing to to really go to those places.
1: Yeah, and how how does that transfer to expeditions? Because I'm asking for a friend. Because I, I was always thinking, like, I'm not doing the ultras for any purpose. But at one point it clicked for me. So my thinking is a lot of scientists are now spending their time in front of computers. So in the field, they're actually going to die whereas i have a skill to not die easily you know just out in the open so i was like "Hmm, if there's gonna be work for people like me that want to do science not standing in front of a computer expeditions could be a thing but then i saw the people at explore and i think i'm like way like above like this thing is like way harder like the people there when they were talking about what they're doing i'm like this is a whole nother level
0: well, maybe, um, but I think if, if I answer on my gut response here, one of the things that I'm just going through one of my PhD studies at the minute with some interview data, um, and, and that's the graded development of, you know, of experience and training. And I think one of the things that something I like Explore You get a snapshot of someone who's done Everest or whatever the massive challenge is and it gives this perception of sort of you know A to B when actually it's been A to Z through the other 24 letters and it's developed and I think that's one of the things with endurance activity um, and expeditioning is it's that graded process. Um, and so if you look to go from doing a 5k park run to doing the South you're probably going to get into serious trouble. You probably wouldn't get out there in the first place, but, you know, there's lots of examples of people with lots of money where really bad stuff happens just because I haven't I haven't gone through that process and I don't think it's as glamorous as they might, you know, we might make out it's training for you marathon, and marathon or getting out in the, wind in the rain and training you know it, it all adds it all accrues as value at the end of the day
1: yeah yeah because that, that's what I was thinking like where Explore could be helpful as a like a thing in the sun for me is just to keep going and seeing what what other people are doing and get into that game easily because I've noticed like I can pick up stuff but it takes me like five years to go into it because I was just gonna start running a bit yeah. and then you know running ultras. but I'm trying to do multi-day stuff now so I got a bike so just learning to be knackered day after day I think is a crucial skill and not having the need to be just feeling at home and comfortable for a while. I think that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's an important part of it, isn't it? Because you then find that joy. You know, you find the joy in dark places where other people can't
1: because yeah, that That's reminds cool. me of, of your talk because you were talking about finding resources whether it's going to be within yourself you know others and the context so is that what you're talking yeah. about then? Yeah. Anyway. but then oh. give me some examples because the theory makes sense to me but like something from from your data that I can selfishly reapply. <laughs>
0: Sorry, just say that bit before again. I
1: was, I yeah, was just so, running
0: past some lads. and giving me some comments.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about finding resources. So you were saying, you know, just learning to be yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable. And I was thinking if that relates to, you know, the theory that you've got with, um, about, you know, finding. Re- you were talking about at the conference uh, about finding resources in yourself, relationships, and context. So that's at the theoretical level. But if you give some examples, so I can. Literally kind of start thinking about what it means. Because I kind of think I know yeah. from my perspective, but just, you know, what was it in the studies in the detail?
0: Yeah, so if we think about, you know, we've, we've already mentioned kind of at the individual level about something like the type of, uh, you know, cognition, ability to control thoughts and emotions and things. That's, that's within us to a degree um but also it can be influenced by things in the wider environment um and so a good example in a lot of endurance races um i think is hand-long expeditions there's quite often interactions with other people okay that have value to us so whether that is Something as simple as somebody at a checkpoint providing you with your water, some food, some drink, or something. And that's a simple example of where you were you were navigating to some resources that outside of yourself, and you were gaining something from that. Um, the same goes for kit. You know, kit's another example of. I'm a massive fan in long races of every piece of kit having special powers. This is me, Red and the pudding. Yeah, but every piece of kit I embellish the value of to me. It's kind of not feasible, but that piece of kit—a fresh T-shirt, fresh socks—I want to. I want to use that. So, what within me? Some people see just a pair of socks. To me, working with the mind, that pair of socks just really gives me a kick up the ass, and I feel better. And so, that's something that's external. One example is a person. The other example is an inanimate object. Um, And the way you look at those things could have could have a, an effect on you know your I like I like the idea of perceived effort you know rate of exertion mm-hmm. these little things will bring that rate of exertion down a little bit and the more of that you can do the better place you're going to stay Um, you can go to a grander level you know um you can look at family support generally you can look at you have stability in where you live you have a basic level of you know your basic needs are met day to day all of these things add up like a big cocktail to do really well um and that's what i mean when i say look and pass just what within the person <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I don't know if that made any sense.
1: Uh, absolutely, it and it's entirely my experience. So, like on the on the like the kit, um, I've optimized it to where I could. But then after that, what what was meaningful is just to look cool. Uh, like there's something about ultra running fashion. Some of it is just like, oh, I don't know why people want to look like a, you know, I'm not gonna put epithets, but there's something that that doesn't appeal to me. So. I've picked what I want to wear. I like it. Some of it doesn't, it's not usually kit for for running. And I also, when I dropped a hat in the mud on one of the runs, I, you know, the mud is still on that hat. That's, you know, a memory of, you know, doing 70 kilometers. I was like, keep it there, you know, wear it as a badge of honor. So meaning making is definitely something that I've it's interesting oh my internet gone i think my internet dropped for a sec are we back here uh, yeah cool um and i was thinking about also the so here um meaning making with, from yourself but i feel like the basics i definitely get it so it made me think about why you know people criticize the ultra running is very you know middle class and white but it probably is because you need to have all of your like basics met to be even thinking about then challenging yourself in something like that. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, about, you know, if you don't have your basis, like you wouldn't, your everyday life is that kind of a struggle. But, you know, I mean, to me, it's fascinating that every time I, because I've grown up like poor, but every time I do well, then I can't cope well. So I need the stress. <laughs> so... That, that made right. me think about that so definitely matches my experience and then it also made me think yeah. about what well, it made me think about when you're saying so you're putting the resources for yourself and the other, oh yeah and family and support so what's interesting about that is that i really love having that before but actually in if i'm gonna have any support crew or anybody there i don't want them to be my close people because when they see me in the situation i'm in and ha- i i don't want to have anybody that would allow me to moan at them because if there's I'm, i've learned that yes. nobody to moan to i don't moan. Yes. <laughs> so yes. actually during, I during race, just on my own. no
0: i i'm with you a thousand percent on that one i think you can have too close a relationship and as you say Your loved ones don't want to see you in such struggle, you know. So then you get this, you get this conflict, really. Um, So you're dead right. You want, for me, you want your crew to be incredibly knowledgeable, uh, you know, in that role, in that environment, to understand you well enough, um, but not have that deep emotional connection that then it biases too much what you need from them. Uh, Because while I'm I'm on this one, Alex, I've seen it many times with some really good friends who are amazing runners. Um, And when they really struggle, their support team give them what they think the person wants And they do want it in that moment, because they're feeling crap. And so they they play to that, and they end up dropping out of a race. And then half an hour later, they're like, I feel okay. I'm absolutely gutted. Because what they needed, really, was to kick their ass out the checkpoint and get them back on the road or the track, you know. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I find in these kind of things... Rules of thumb, but that you have memorized from experience are the best. So, I have the rule that if I feel like giving up, I never give up on the first time I feel like giving up. No matter what, like yeah. if, if things change in a while, then reassess. But when when they do go like that, when you, pass, you gotta consider wrong, take the. I think I heard that one also from Scott Jurek, just really take in like the worst thing. So I was like, how bad is it? Like, is it a broken ankle? Like, are you really gonna go to hospital? All that shit, but give it, give yeah, it attention yeah. to the purpose. And then after that, I just keep going for a while. And if it really is shit, then give up. Yeah, I got my ass kicked yeah. by a cycling trip the other, the other week, cause I'm trying to switch to cycling, but it, the running stamina doesn't transfer to the bike at all. I'm so surprised and i was on the bike oh my god i bonked and i was like i still i had to stop and be like in a place i'm like i know this like such a rookie mistake if i was running i would have noticed it but (laughs) yeah but then i I didn't give up i gave it another you know five more hours and then i was like i'm gonna cut it here right
0: (laughs) yeah I think, you know, there's an interesting point in there as well, Alex, about, you know, how we we overgeneralize skills and things. And I kind of like have an awareness of how much something's contextual, you know, and you have a skill set that works really well for one thing. Some of it will carry over, but don't get carried away. And that's, that fits really with resilience, where we say a person will have a level of resiliency and resiliency represents a, a kind of general trait or ability, if you like. Yeet. But that's not to say they'll go into any environment and do really well. Because they might be something in that environment that they're just not prepared for or they've got have yeah. skills for. You know, which is, as you say, swapping to a bike from running and thinking you're at that level that you are on the running, um, and then realizing, not quite.
1: <laughs> nope. Uh, but then I would have expected at least just having the, because you're talking about resilience. It's interesting how it relates to some of the behavioral economics talk about threat. I know they've made their careers on some people have challenged it but it was interesting for me in that case that i was like i was expecting to at least when things go bad to have the grit from to transfer and be like you know what this is whatever well i failed the way i failed like years ago in running it was totally yeah like, emotionally i was bad. Yeah. Uh, everything was going like oh you know why are you doing this shit? you know it's the weekend all the, the unnecessary yeah. Thoughts. <laughs> yeah
0: well i've got i've got some thoughts on that one alex um right. because I, i'm in a similar world to you by the way i must dis- disclose i uh i live about 22 miles from durham uni um and i, and I don't ride much but i hate getting the bus so i've pushed myself to get back on the bike and I rode there and back, and I was absolutely done, absolutely done. Um, And what I realised is, it's not that you don't have a lot of the strategies, but it's because the cues in both the environment and you to a degree are slightly different. Uh So, you know, where we might think, if I was running and I'm really struggling, one of my go-to's might be to count steps i count paces and i'm feeling really crap just forget everything else and count your steps when i get on a bike it doesn't naturally kick in because it's a different task yeah but it it kind of can work but you've got to get you've got to get conditioned to that and so i think where you're saying about those skills you have it's not that the warrant transfer it's just it won't be instantaneous and it might be slightly different and i think that's then where it's that practice it's that exposure you know and over time the things you were doing well on the run you will be able to generalize to to a degree
1: yeah yeah and i wonder if it's going to be faster than you know the more context you get exposed to, there's got to be general learning we know that but because it, it, it make me think i don't know if it's a tangent about debates about like when people have thought like they think about psychological concepts or methods and everybody goes like oh but there's context like yeah but really we're talking about metaphorically having a spanner and all you need is to tweak it a little bit like adjust we're not talking about an entirely different thing but then we write a lot of stuff in text rather than you know showing it whatever and then papers just sound like we can't generalize at all so that, that is one of my yeah. bugbears. i don't know if it makes sense to you but uh, it, it, it basically do- i like i said this thing to my wife the other day where i was like i actually think psychology is as advanced as the other sciences that we've got it's just that people want to believe a lot more in their unique case being so unique and not taking someone else's word. So they want to struggle on their own. It's an implementation problem at this stage. <laughs> okay, but that's a yeah. hardcore statement. That's that was I was a bit a bit upset by just like not being allowed to say anything. Like we don't know anything in psychology. You know, <laughs> I don't know why it was. <laughs> so annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, well. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting field when you get onto that level. I mean, I kind of, it's it's nice when, it's nice for me when, as we said at the start of this conversation, when I just, when I look at it from the ground up, when I look at it from the experience of running and think about it, uh, it seems a lot simpler. But of course, then when you want to generalise it and generalise it and generalise it, then it gets a bit more challenging. And I think I'm always aware of that with endurance as well of people overgeneralizing, whether that's coaches or people with a product to sell. You know, so many different influences that will have a different effect on on, on each person. And it's that cocktail, it's an algorithm. And some of it's general and then some of it's specific. Uh, and that's a bit that I'm really interested in with the research about being able to unpick that, not not across the globe, but for example, with a small group of runners or athletes or, you know, people I'm working with. What's that person's algorithm? What, yeah. You know, what universal bits do they have? How does that universal bit interact with that task in that environment? And, and, and write an almost unique code, you know, but it's based on general principles. Uh, and I guess that's what theory yeah. is supposed to do, isn't it? We're supposed to give you general principles.
1: Yeah, and then see how that applies. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. It made me think about, because in my day job, I actually work with lots of programmers, and I'm a researcher for, you know, Digital design, so I'm constantly faced between, you know, algorithms interfacing with, you know, human heuristics, like how you know people make stuff. So it's very interesting to yeah. think: can we can we have uh, every human mental, you know, thought, every mental aspect, every heuristic, every qualitative experience, then broken down into algorithms? We don't need to go to that level, I don't think. But yeah, from what you've done in your no. studies, I can see that you you are cautious about that. You're not one of the people that's just gonna go and give us a formula. So I know what you mean. No, no, at all. I, I, I would like to be able to say
0: these things. These things might be important, and these things might have an effect on this. But certainly yeah. not gonna then look to me. Blanket statement
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just say these things to to present, like I know, but like I've I've trained in quant as well at the PhD level, but like it's never intuitive for me. And I've I've just been thinking, like when I read papers and everybody reports on whether something happened by you know chance or not, and that's what they're happy about. But I'm like, yeah, but all that matters to me is like, is it a big enough effect? Like, oh, it works ten percent of the time. I'm like, well, why am I going to bother doing it? Like. So what, yeah. in your studies, that's what I don't remember looking at. I don't think um, I looked at. So with, how did the importance of the factors for us? Let's stick to the one that you presented at the Explore conference. Do you remember yeah. how an importance? I don't need to give yeah, a number so, <laughs> rank ordering. I know we're on the run for a while, oh. so I don't want to like, make you get stuff out of memory.
0: <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, I'll put this in the simplest ter- terms, because so within the results of that first study, um, we mentioned about um, this idea of a level of personal resiliency, so which is kind of like a, you know, a stable trait of the person. Um, we also had the relationship with the environment that had a similar size effect on well-being. And also a couple of measures of social support at different levels. Now, the most interesting part was that they were all. Um, the effect was through fulfilling the need for autonomy. So, and that accounted for I think something like 80, 80% of the variance in well-being was accounted for via. A sense of autonomy yeah. so you you interpret that as saying some support that comes from within support from the, the environment support from people helps us to sustain that we feel in control we feel like where we have choice and we have freedom and that that's the biggest or one of the biggest findings of the importance of maintaining a sense of control, feeling in control, not feeling overwhelmed um, and then the second part is when we look at ill being separately so you know when we have real negative emotions, you know the more potentially damaging state. then what becomes important are factors outside of the person so that's when You've exhausted your personal resources and you then are relying on support that's around you. And that led to the same similar effect that support from the community, so from other people in the poor environment, um, and personal resiliency to a degree were mediated by a sense of relatedness, a sense that i have support outside of myself that can help me and that became the most important thing so generally when we feel in control we feel good these different factors support us We feel in control when the shit hits the fan that's when we look into the wider environment and need help <laughs> <Yeah>, mummy help <laughs> Exactly Yeah That's it You're on You're on the sat phone Or you're whatever But You know And that comes back again Alex To this idea of Navigating and negotiating For resources You know That Someone who's quite bloody minded Might think I'm just going to Keep going by myself And I'm going to make Really bad decisions I'm going to get frostbite You know I'm going to get hypothermia someone who's really switched on will go hang on a minute i'm in trouble here and i'm going to go and get what i need and so that's that's what i'm trying to show in my studies i guess yeah yeah
1: because that's wow that's a level of maturity yeah 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 but you know it's interesting you're the first person i've ever heard the the idea about ill being from so i don't know if it's something that you've thought of if, if there's something in the literature but definitely clicks but just describe it in a bit more detail so I'm sure I'm getting it right so yeah obviously everybody gets well-being but then I, I remember in your talk you were talking about ill-being and well-being happening at the same time as well so
0: yeah so so we don't and this is supported in the literature it's supported by neuroscience as well um but there's different things Underpinning well-being and ill-being, uh, you know, deeply, you know, there'll be a strong correlation, but they're different things. So, well-being is not just one continuum. We have well-being and ill-being that coexist, mm-hmm. and we can have bad, we can have bad thoughts and feelings alongside good, as you might intuitively think. You know, in a in a period of time. Some bad stuff happens, good stuff happens, you know, um, it's pricing them apart basically with this study and I think saying, generally when things are going well I've got one specific cocktail that's helping me with that but actually when things go bad there might be some different things that I need Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think that that is the the definite skill of ultra runners that that I've seen. You know, just being able to to know when things are not going great that it's a different ball game. Interesting, interesting, interesting.
0: Definitely. I mean, I, I know one one example I use from ultra runner myself. Is the use of sleep uh, and you know, knowing when to pull back um, because, and this is kind of like my hypothesis a little bit, and, and there will be support for it to a degree, but there's almost a point of no return with endurance activity, there's a point where. If you don't manage yourself well enough, you may not be able to recover. If you deplete yeah. yourself too far, then that's when it's game over. And so some of the skill is known when to pull back. Yeah, when to rest, yeah, yeah. When to recover, when, you know, When it's nutrition, when it's your cognitive strategies. It's kind of that flow chart of, okay, is it this, is it that? I'm like, okay, there, you know. Um and the example I use is I've done I've done the hard millers 160 mile race uh four times now. I've completed twice and dropped out twice. Um and really interestingly, because I'm not fast, I've always been up against the cutoffs for time. And I've always had that thing of when you think. It's more beneficial to keep pushing than it is to stop and rest. (laughs) You know, it sounds obvious. I'm going to have to rest and I'll perform better. Or I'm going to push on perform a lot worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't do well with the ones where you're chased at the back. Yeah, I'm very good at giving up and then going again. (laughs) That takes time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think it's a, it, got, it comes back again with that um, Understanding your toolbox And seeing yourself As one part of that toolbox And looking at Other components as well You know uh, We've just got this range of things That can support us
1: Yeah That, that definitely resonates Because Recently, I've I've realized yeah, that's what I'm thinking always about. Like, as soon as I have one night of sleep where I wake up and I can't sleep, I'm like I'm switching to, uh, you know, long-term stress. So I pull back after that, take a day off, and then everything gets fixed within a day. Whereas if you push through that, oh my God, it's never a good idea. It's never a good idea.
0: (laughs) No, no, definitely. And I think yeah, you know, you're right. uh, With the sort of physiological components, Alex, that, you know, the mind and body, the sort of biopsychosocial approach, they all matter. Um, if you're not getting some of them fundamentals correct, there's going to be a an issue or a decrement in performance, isn't there? And,
1: yeah, and that's the thing. I, I feel like, for me personally, I've always underestimated doing anything different about sleeping because I've always slept nine hours. But ever since I've been a kid, if I sleep less I'm just groggy. And it's I, it's normally oversleeping compared to others. But I'm like, uh, eh, it helps me recover a lot. But now I'm aging, I'm noticing sometimes I can't get it. So I'm gonna have to Yeah look at some tools and things.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that I mean that would be a great example where if you were looking at some kind of race. Where sleep deprivation is going to be a factor, you've got to, you've got to condition yourself to that, to some degree, and it's really beneficial, you know, to do so, uh, just to negate some of that effect.
1: And to do like a Goggins type of training where he intentionally goes dehydrated so that he can get familiar with the feeling (laughs) in practice. Uh, that's yeah. something I've never tried. I've never tried to intentionally work out in bad, you know, making myself be in, the, in you know, dealing with ill. Uh, what do we call it? Ill being.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I think I think
0: that's where, you know, the more I go down this road, the more I'd say it's about graded condition and graded exposure, not. I'm going to kick the shit out of the body, you know. So, if uh, you know you've got a race where you've got to go overnight, you're not used to it. Um, you might you might practice having a bit less sleep once a week and then going for your run. Or you might you might have a train and run. You run later in the day than you usually would. You don't rip up your whole script. You tweak part of it. And then you build, you know, I'm not, you know, no expert, but for me, I know when I have longer races, because of family commitments and stuff, I always shift the long runs to overnighters at the end. So I can, I can practice for both. I can practice for the fatigue, but also the sleep deprivation um, in that sort of last couple of months. Because I'm like you, I like sleep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's good it really helps <laughs> you know one of the things that i mentioned at the conference i was thinking when i was looking at all of your stuff and i was thinking you know Maslow law was probably right because <laughs> i don't know if you still like actually because that self-determination theory also sounds like the top some of the top layers of what he does obviously then it doesn't focus on physiological stuff because you're looking at the psychology but then it was interesting like revisiting some of his stuff where it normally gets depicted as a pyramid with the self actualization on top which i thought was something similar to the see, you know the autonomy in your model yeah. but maybe i'm just you know kind of making parallels there but he had self-transcendence at the oh, top was... yeah
0: yeah i i think um i mean SDT sort of follows in that positive, positive psychology um, area that Maslow was was the precursor to the people who followed. Um, and there's a lot of things that make sense within that. Um, I don't think, and I'm not an expert on Maslow per se, but the triangle and that approach, there's sort of, there's support for a lot of the elements. But there's not a the triangle, and that that wheel, like you you were alluding to there, there's yeah. not necessarily a triangle. Yeah. The the components matter. Um,
1: yeah, I'm interested really if faster. you can give me some some reading at, uh, at some point I'll I'll pester you because I'm really interested because like. I've always been interested in psychology, but every time I look at what's required to then move properly, like with the British Psychological Society, you have to study disorders. And I'm like, well, I'm just not going to be good at this shit. I want, I'm focusing more on high performance. And that seems to always be like, in other parts, it seems like psychology is not focused historically that much on well-being, but maybe it's changing. Maybe I'm not close enough to it. So give me some reading. I think
0: so. I think so. No, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that for you, Alex. Um, and cause just to say, because you've touched on something that's really close to my heart, by the way, because, um, I've struggled with mental, mental illness my whole life, um, and addiction or alcohol. And, but I've also always been a sports performer. Um, and I was always interested in, how I could have a good life through that, not just surviving, not just existing. So yeah. I've always been drawn to that similar area as you've just said. What's a good life look like? You know, and, and hence yeah. wanting wanted to understand how you can, how you can keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. To be honest, like when the more I was at one point in the PhD, I was just like realizing some of this is like you look around with people that are scientists, look at the kind of job that you're actually doing. It actually doesn't make you healthier, it's a bit unhealthy. And then the whole enterprise, I think, starts with people getting together and thinking about like, how to live a better life. It's the other science, don't you? Jesus Christ. There should be something there, but I mean, I can tell that you've got the same like mentality of like going for it and actually living. That does get you. Yeah, I, I stopped drinking a, a year ago. I was never that much off the rails, but it was always like a, you know, I was hardcore. But the same thing when you look yeah. at it, like people with ADHD end up being addicted. So. Knowing yeah. that there is a craving for hardcore experience to feel alive, right? It becomes obvious. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: definitely, definitely.
1: So kind of I think it that's that way. It's just it's like sometimes when I'm just think if you need physical, you feel like That's when the stuff but I'm. I think there's other ways where you, you can find yourself stuck in really a up- to get at the same time. But yeah, I definitely. Look that when I was like drinking and partying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Alex? This is where I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not kind of like, a, uh, what's the word, like almost in- evangelical about this theory that I'm based in but one of its one of its strong assets is it has it offers an expla- explanation for the good and the bad yeah and it says you know that basically and I still sort of check myself as I say it, that there's certain things that are really important to us as humans that are the same as getting you know water or light you know if we were a flower and it's these needs, and if our needs are met, we flourish and we grow. But if our needs aren't getting met, we find substitutes, we find other things, and that's where it links into addiction and different things. And you know you trying you trying to fulfill something, but you're not quite getting the healthiest thing to fill it with. Um, and that makes sense to me as an individual. You know, the um, fact that you try to fill a void with something. Um, and, and now, sort of, you know, long distance exercise and things, some of it plays to the, the negative element, but actually, the negative element's a hell of a lot smaller and it feeds a lot more of the positive, if that makes sense.
1: Hey Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I think it could have been that that I've been like riled up when I was telling my wife that we know like what flourishing is. I think there is a almost a formula. Uh, I'm not supposed to say it right. But when you've experienced it, you want to tell people it's like this, this shit, like when you have all of your layers kind of satisfied to a level does work. But it's not fucking easy. Don't get me wrong.
0: No No absolutely not You're dead right Life gets in the way Doesn't it All the time It's It's a moving train And Things are changing And You know But I think again Alex That that, you know When When you're generally Living In 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 a good way Your ability To buffer these Bumps Is a lot better You know Like You've got You've got a much bigger Set of shock absorbers On when you're generally getting these needs
1: met yes i think that is a pretty good one to leave it on i don't know where you're up to in your run but i don't <laughs> well, want to milk the conversation i think we're on to something here we can have a conversation another well, time but this is just well I'll, I'll,
0: alex I'll, i've done two additional loops on me run before i got back to the year 19 so i'm, I'm probably going to be close to close to uh, I wouldn't say a half marathon here, but I think I will get eight miles done. And we've just chatted and chatted and chatted. And it's uh, it's been wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> lovely, lovely to chat. By the way, I don't post this straight away. So if you think anything needs to be cut out, it's going to give me some work. But we'll go for it, just send me an email. Uh, I, I,
0: Alex, mate, I, I'm an open book. So <laughs> whatever, it, whatever it is, it is. If it's come out of my mouth, I've said it, and uh, I'll, I'll leave that to your discretion whether it works for for your purposes. But no, I, I, I don't want to. Sincerely... I don't wanna
1: edit. I'm busy enough, you know. Like this is the whole thing. <laughs> I talk and then dump. <laughs>
0: oh no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a it's been a, a new experience. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and hopefully we can keep in touch and chat again.
1: Hell yeah, at least at, at Explore I'm going to see you, but if not, we're going to chat before.
0: Uh, de- de- definitely, and I'll, I'll think on, by the way, and try and have a rustle up some papers and stuff for you.
1: Oh yeah, give me some reading, that'll be great. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Right, well, listen, I'm going to cross back over this busyish ish A19 road, the last mile back to home then.
1: Cool, all right, lovely to chat.
0: You too, Alex. Take care. All the best, my friend.